Glad you're here. We get to celebrate another year, another day. I mean, not just a year, but another day we get to serve God. Amen. It's wonderful. Wonderful. I tell people all the time, and I know I tell you all this a lot, and I'll continue to tell you, this has been the best year and a half going on two years of my life, I promise. Knowing that I'm obeying God. And when you submit your life to God completely, and you start obeying Him no matter the cost, no matter how hard it is, it will be the best time of your life. I promise. Amen? Amen. Thank you all for singing this morning. Glad you hadn't heard Becky in a long time. I give her a hard time all the time, but I love her. She's my sister. I get to do that. It's my privilege and right as a little brother that I get to do that when I want to. So she's over in Florence, and we don't see her and talk to her as much, so I get to make up for it whenever I do. And I take full advantage. So, um, let me just go over a couple announcements. Um, did y'all see the new bulletin? Y'all like it? Y'all agree? Y'all, y'all, y'all like the new bulletin? Amen. You can thank Gabby for coming up with that and Hallie for helping fill it out. And, and, um, and so they've done a good job with it. But, um, so don't forget our intercessory prayer on, on Sunday mornings at 940. It's an important time. Thankful for the, the men that come back there. It's open to women. It's open to everybody that want to come back and pray. And you don't have to pray out loud. You can pray with us and, and just join together as we pray for what God is doing here. And God is doing in hearts and lives and, and touching people. That's what we're here for. So um, you can see here we'll be feeding the varsity football team on September 15th. I think we're, that's on a Friday. That's our homecoming. Um, I think we're, we're talking about possibly doing some, some spaghetti pasta that day and stuff, so uh, breadsticks and dessert, so we will uh, we will get that nailed down and, and the women will talk about what all we need to do. And then the JV team, will be feeding them on Monday, September 25th, um, so we'll be, we're looking forward to doing that. It's, it's a good time when we get to serve out in the community and do those things. Um, and also, it's a month away almost now, but we're going to, we talked about the barbecue fundraiser and uh, Josh and Jimbo Speakman and Tisha and Tracy have volunteered for cooking all the all the Boston butts to make the barbecue out of and the pork and so we met last Sunday if you wasn't part of that we um, said we're going to do that September 30th from 5 to 7 um, hopefully I should hopefully I'll have tickets to pre-sale um, come this Wednesday and we'll get those handed out and it'll be $10 a plate and the proceeds from that will go to our building fund so um so looking forward to that, um, and I think that's all of the announcements, right? Did I miss anything? There's more coming up, but um, but that's all for now. So, <coughs> um, well, let's just see our offering. You ready for that? Amen. Amen. It's a wonderful time we get to come together, obey God and His Word, and and. And give joyfully, not a necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver, right? Cheerful. And, and so don't, don't ever think and look at this time as a burden, as a time where I hate that. Because in the past year and a half that I've been up here longer, have, have I preached on money? No. And I'm not going to. Why? Because I believe that God will work through the hearts and lives of people here that want to serve Him and obey Him to help keep this thing going. Right? So... So we're going to do that. But as we pray this morning, we want to pray for Sharon Barber. She had asked for some prayer for some things that her and 
Brent and is going through right now different things in their life. And then Miss um, Jewel talked to me before church and her niece, Dana Butner. Did I say that right? Um, she had a um, diabetic. She's in a diabetic coma, correct? And and so she they got her on life support right now, or she's off. But hospice is coming in. It's not a good situation. So remember Dana Butner this morning as we pray that God will work and move in that. One other announcement I forgot on the back bulletin board by where Pat is. There is a a uh, invitation for JJ and Stacy's wedding on September 23rd at 1 p.m., correct? Here at the church. And so that is an invitation there for everybody in church that wants to come and attend, okay? it was They said it's easier to do that than just try to get everybody's address and send a bunch of them out. You can look back there September 23rd at 1 o'clock. We're looking forward to that day. And so um, y'all come be a part of it. All right. Well, let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, again, we love and we praise you. We thank you for this time together that we've had. And, and you've, you've worked and moved in hearts and lives. And God, as we, as we look at the things that, that we've been through, God, we thank you for it. We look through the things now. God, we thank you for, for what you're bringing us through and bringing us to, Father God. We look to the future as we go ahead, God. We know we keep trusting in you and believing in you and standing on your word that the things you have promised us and told us will come to pass in our life. God, I thank you for each and every one in here, God, that you continue to touch and bless them. Whatever's going on in their life, that you meet those needs, Father. God, for, the, for them being just willing to work and, and move and listen to the, the calling that you have on their life, we thank you for them, Father. Thank you for everything. God, we bring these needs to you right now. We pray for Sharon and Brent Barber that you touch them in, this, in, in their lives, Father God, that you just give them peace and comfort and healing where it's needed right now in Jesus' name. We thank you for that. Pray for Dana Butner, God, and that whole family. God, that you just touch and you move in their life. God, you bring healing. God, in whatever form it may be, you bring healing to her life, bring healing to her family. We look to you. They look to you, Holy Spirit, for comfort and guidance through this time. Father, we thank you for that, God, that you're moving and working in their lives. God, as we go forward, we thank you for this time again together, that your word's going to come forth today. God, that we open up our hearts to receive your word. Holy Spirit, move and touch people's hearts and lives today, that we're determined we're not leaving like we came in. We're laying anything down that's getting in our way, and we're, and we're going and pushing on with you, and we thank you for that. In Jesus' name. We pray for this time of tithes and offerings this morning, that you touch and bless and, and, and move in people's lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, children, go to Children's Church this morning. I know y'all looking forward to that. Got a whole slew of them this morning. Good. Goodness. All right. They might have to eat all the food before we get back here. I mean, <laughs> goodness. Amen. Love it. Love to see young people here. Amen. All right. Well, I know... 
Dad was up here reminiscing about old times, and I'm not I'm not here to do that this morning. I know, um, you know, we're I want to talk about some things. There's a lot of there's areas periods in my life to where I was just here, so I can't. He remembers a bunch more stuff than I do. I mean, I remember he was talking about seats being filled back in the '90s, whenever things were, you know, there wasn't a seat empty in this place, and um, you know, there was there was good times going on, people being accept, receptive to the move of the Holy Spirit in their life, and and God working and moving, and and then what happens? Flesh happens, doesn't it? Flesh happens. Hard times happen. People left. People, people went their ways, and, and there's people that have come here, had come here for years, that are no longer in church, that have have left, um, have left where they where they should be at, and just uh, I don't need that anymore. Why? Because of pride that built up in their life, and and so I've seen that. I've I've watched Dad go through that in his life. I mean, not through pride, but through working with people and through people that that call him on the phone and tell him. There ain't nothing going on down there anymore. We're going to go somewhere else. Holy Spirit ain't moving. And the Holy Spirit, they said, wasn't moving because people wasn't running around the building every day, or every time we meet. So that's supposed to be just a sign of a Holy Spirit moving in somebody's life. That's I can't find that in here, okay? I can't find that. So, you know, people are going to do what people's going to do. And I'd have to tell Daddy that a lot of times. And I'd, I'd have to, I would encourage him. Well, so-and-so left to go somewhere else. So, well, at least they're in church. You know, and, and I understand, you know, there's people that I would lo- I invite all the time to come here. And I love them not to hear me preach, but to be in church and to get their lives right and, and to um, submit their lives to God as they need to. But, you know, we've got another year, another year under our belts where, you know, where we've seen God faithful. We've... And, and you being here today, there's a lot of you that was here last year at this time. So that's a full year for you that you've been here. And, and God has planted you here, not, and we've talked about it a lot, not to sit on the bench, not to sit on the sidelines, but to get up and do and, and to serve. And so there's, I was, me and Daddy was talking about it last week, that there, has, there is more people now than, than I can remember in a long time that is willing to serve, that want to do. That you see, you know, when we met last week, you know, several years ago, there might have been three or four people here, but there was 15 or 20 people here that, that was ready. Hey, what do we need to do? Where can I help? What do you want me to do? And it's wonderful because we couldn't do this without you. We wouldn't be where we are without each and every one of you being here, not, not just filling the seat, but serving God. And, and so, you know, we can thank God for another year that, that we're... You're willing to serve. We're willing to, we're willing to seek Him and ask Him for guidance in our life. And we're not trying to raise the name of Victor Fellowship from anywhere where it's at. But we're raising the name of Jesus, right? That's what it's about. And, and so it's, it's wonderful this past year to see people come and, and, and move and, and, and watch God work in our life. And we've done some good work. We've done some good work in the community. We've done good work in people's lives. And people have, have benefited spiritually from what's going on here. And no other one can get glory for it but God. But if we stopped right here, then we're being disobedient. Because God's not called us to stop. You can see the title this morning. There's no time to slow down. 
There's no time. In this world that we live in today, if we were to stop, and a lot of people have, you know, I was, I was trying to look up, you know, and, and do some research on how many churches have closed down over the past year. I couldn't find any updated numbers, but I know like 2020, 2021, and I know the pandemic was going on, but, but different things. And, and there was like 4,500 churches in America that shut down. 4,500. That's a crazy amount. And, and with that 4,500 shut down, that doesn't mean that there was another 4,500 starting up. That means they shut down. Why? Because people, and, and we see it today, that, that people doesn't, do not see the importance of being here in a body and in an assembly to where we can, we can join together and pray for one another. You can, you can come and say, hey, I need help with this. You can get into collective worship as we need to do. It's not as important in people's lives because, you know, we, we look at people, I ain't going to church with them. They're a bunch of hypocrites. So you're not a hypocrite for calling them a hypocrite. Is that, is that how that works? No, it's not. You know, because we, we look at one another and we see each other's flaws and we know those things and then we use excuses after excuses after excuses to keep us out of here and to keep us out of doing what God's called us to do. And, and so, you know, we're not giving up. We're not going to slow down. There's no time for that. There's no time for any of that going on. And, and if you think that and you look and say, well, we got all this going on, I don't have time for that. You've got time for whatever you want to have time for. And we all do that. We all have time and make time for whatever we want to make time for. And that's how we live our life a lot of times. Well, I I want time for me. Well, you know what? If we put things in perspective, really, then Jesus gave up eternity, didn't He? Jesus gave up everything to come here so that we could have eternal life. So if we think of our time so precious, and a lot of people do, and people's time is precious. And people's time, you know, is they, they, they want their time. But if we put it in perspective of what Jesus done for us and what He's left His home in glory to come down here and live the life that He did and die like He did so we can have atonement, so we can have a way to heaven, then, then what we want to do is minute. And we, like, we've only scratched the surface in our life of what God wants us to do. And so, yeah, if we stopped right now, if we said, hey, we're not going any further in year 37, there would be countless people whose lives have been touched by, by what God's doing at Victory Fellowship. But there would be countless people hurt for not going on because we've shut the doors. There would be countless people that said, well, if they can give up, then I might as well give up too. You know, it's like people that we've seen in life that, that we, you know, hey, these people, this marriage failed or whatever, and you say, I never would have thought that of them. I never would have thought that. And that's the same thing in church. And it, it could be the same thing here, but we're not going to let that happen. Our goal is to lift up, and we say this a lot, and magnify the name of Jesus in all that we do. That's our goal and purpose at Victor Fellowship Church. That should be your goal and purpose when you leave these doors and you go home, go to Walmart, go to work, go to school. Your ambassadors everywhere you go in the name of Jesus, and that's what we need to do. So Satan, what's his main goal? To keep us beat down, to keep us depressed, to keep us where we can't see anything but, but the problem. We can't see a way out. That's his main goal. And he's tried to do that for 36 years here, but he hadn't, he hadn't, he hadn't succeeded, has he? He has not succeeded. 
And, and, so, and so he's not stopped for 36 years doing that, but we're still standing. We're still, we're still standing because God is faithful and he'll never fail. So we read about somebody in the Bible beside in Jesus. Paul could take all everything that he went through because Jesus did what everything he did. Does that make sense? If Jesus hadn't have went through everything he did, then we wouldn't read about Paul in the Bible. So Paul, we read about him, and I want, I want to go. We're going to read only in Philippians this morning. Because as praying this week, you know, what, what to preach on for, for today's service, for an anniversary type service. I just felt God impressing. I want to preach a word of encouragement to each and every one of us. To where when we leave here, we're built up more spiritually, not emotionally, okay? Because like we said a lot, emotions can change. Our faith needs to be built up. Our relationship with God needs to be where it needs, where He wants it to be. And then when that's it, then our faith can grow, and then our boldness will grow, and we'll be able to do what God's called us to do. But we can find examples all through this Word of people that were faithful. Paul was one of those. We know Paul was faithful to the devil before he had that road to Damascus experience, right? Paul, Paul was, was Saul, and he was persecuting the Christians, killing them. We know that he was there when Stephen died, the first martyr, for, for his faith, you know, holding her coats. He probably helped organize it when Stephen was stoned to death. But God knew everything, even though he was doing running so hard to kill what, what had already been started by Jesus, God knew, hey, he's going to do it for me. And so he showed up in a way in his life, and he's done the same for you. You're not here today by chance. You're not here today just because, well, I think I'll go, I'm just going to go by Victory Fellowship today, see what's going on. I know they got some food. I saw that announced. So I think I'm just going to go by there and get some food. Well, guess what? You're getting two kinds of food today. You get spiritual food and physical food. So, you know, he didn't do that. He, he wanted, after his road to Damascus, to encounter with God, nothing was going to stand in his way for, it, for advancing the kingdom of God and building up the church, the body of Christ, everywhere he went. Paul, Paul sure, he, he had to scold some people. But here in Philippians, he built them up. He was encouraging them and about everything that he wrote, encouraging them to keep the faith. And, and so in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6, Paul was in prison at this time. Paul couldn't be there, so he's writing letters from prison. Paul and the apostles, if we look at that, he was probably imprisoned and, and beat, chained, all those kind of things more than any other apostle, right? On a, on a countless basis. And kept doing what God called him to do no matter what. And so, Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6 says, Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I like how the Passion Translation says this, I pray great faith for you, because I'm fully convinced that the one who began the gracious work in you will faithfully continue the process of maturing you. Maturing you. How many can say that they are fully mature in their spiritual life today? Nobody. Why? Because it's a maturing process. That keep you until the day of Jesus Christ, that maturing process will not end in your life unless you stop it. It should not end in your life until you leave this world. That maturing process is an everyday thing. And he goes on to say, maturing you until the unveiling of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
So that maturing process is ongoing every day. Every day we get up and we read and we pray. Every day we get up and, and whatever we go through that day, we look to Jesus. Every day we do a little bit more and a little bit more. Well, what if I, what if I fall? What if I, what if I stumble one day? What if I look at something I don't need to or I go out someplace I don't need to go? You know, I had a guy tell me last week, he, God's mad at him. I said, brother, God's not mad at you. I said, find me a place under this new covenant where it says God's mad at you for sinning. If he was mad at him, you for sinning, he'd be mad at me for sinning. And, and you no, know, I said, what God wants is for you to repent and change your ways in your life, ask forgiveness of it and go away, and you can come back in that right relationship with him. I said, that's what God wants. God's not mad at you today. Sure, sure we, God's hurt and God hates it when we sin, but God's not mad at you. If, if you sin and something bad happened, that's not God saying, well, I'm just going to do that to them because they sinned. If he did that, then I never would have made it here today on September on August 27, 2023. None of us would be here if he was mad at us. So we've got to watch what we're saying and we've got to watch what we're doing. It's a maturing process. And we all know as raising children, and you've grown up through teenage years and teenagers now, there's a lot of maturing that needs to go on. A lot of maturing in our life. We, we, we ask, I remember asking my children, I got asked the same thing, will you not ever grow up? Gabby used to ask when the kids were little and I was, we was younger, will you not grow up? I said, no, I'm never going to grow up. Never. And I pretty much held true to that. She can say that. I'm still as aggravating today as I was 24 and a half years ago. So, yeah. So, I, and you know, why? Because I didn't want to grow up. Now, I've matured some. And, and things have happened, but, you know, as far as the maturing process in my life, you know, most men especially, I don't know when they finally start maturing in their physical life. I don't know that it happens. Women, y'all go through it a lot different than men and, and mature a lot quicker. Men hang on as long as we can to be in maturing areas in our life. A long time. long time. And so we got a lot to look forward to. But there's a maturing process. Our spiritual life's the same way. We've got to be mature in our spiritual life to where when things in this world are thrown at us, we don't crumble, we don't fall, we don't ball up in the corner and cry and just stay there at that place. Sure, that's going to happen, and we're going to do that, but why stay there? We're not going to mature if we stay over and, and just do that and stay depressed all the time because He would love nothing more in the body of Christ, in your life, to see you in turmoil all the time. To see the church that, that, that Jesus had, had made possible, that these apostles paved the way for, as we call the church today. He, nothing more than to see us in turmoil and dismay fighting each other. We see that now. Why? Because different assemblies need to mature. That we look at everything else and we're not mature. You know, when they're folding up and calling it quits, He does not want you to succeed. He does not want us to succeed. He don't want us to further His name. He's never wanted the name of Jesus to go further. Never did. That's why He tried to kill Him when He was born on this earth. And that's why He thought He had done the, done the thing and, and killed Him when He got crucified. The whole time Jesus was here, His 33 and a half years on this earth, He did nothing but want to try to kill Jesus. So guess what? You're an ambassador for Jesus. You carry the name of Jesus. He's not, he wants nothing more than to shut you up. 
And so if he, he's, I'm not saying he's out to kill you, but he's out to shut you up and make you not say the things that God wants you to say. Make you not live the life that Jesus wants you to live. That's what he wants to do. But we've got to determine just as we can look at Victor Fellowship as an example. We've not gave up in 37 years, 36 years. So it's an example of, of how we can go on because we see other people do it. We're reading the Word and it's an example of how they did it, then we can do it. So, so don't give up. Keep allowing the Holy Spirit to mature you every day. Stop getting mad at the little things in life and just letting that just fly all over you and you can't, you can't do nothing anymore because of something little happening and it destroys your whole day or whole week. We was watching a movie last night and it was about... There's a true story about a guy that's a, a lawyer now, something graduated from Yale, but it, back back part of his life, <laughs> and his mom was become a druggie, and and so it would go back flashes of when he was younger, and he said he would say she would she'd be like she told him one time she said well, well I've just had a bad month, and I laughed and I was like my goodness a month, I was like we well, just skip past the day, he says you've just been on a tyrant for a month, he said I've had a bad month. No, no, I said, that's a little excessive. You know, I mean, a bad day I can understand, but let's quit letting a bad day become a bad week, become a bad month, become a bad year to where we stop the maturing process altogether and then don't think we can get back to where we need to be and stay immature in our spiritual life. And then we keep on sinning and we keep on walking the way of this world and and then we just go on that broad way and never get back on the straight and narrow, do we? Come on. So don't quit. Keep praying, keep doing these things, and prove other people wrong. There's people in everybody's life that, that you know that, that you've, you've claimed to be a Christian, and they've seen you in past lives, and they've seen you do this and that. They've seen you mess up, and, they, and they, they talk amongst themselves. They may not say it to you, but they don't think you'll make it. Just like here, they didn't think we'd make it. But you keep proving them wrong. You keep living that life and proving them wrong. In Philippians chapter 2 and verse 3, It says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. In lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Let each of you um, look out not only for his own interest, but for the interest of others. That's serving. That's a servant's heart. That's what Jesus did. He, did, he had no selfish ambition. Now, any of this stuff that we do out, out in the community or out of here, you know, we don't want anything. To be selfish ambition. I don't want my name lifted above anything else. You know, because God can move me to whatever. Somebody else can be here and pastor, okay? It's not about a name or a title for me, I promise. But but I'm here and this is what we're doing. And so my selfish ambitions cannot be above what God has for this place to do. Right? I can't, you know, sure, I want every seat to be full. I want it to be overflowing. And we've been praying for years and working for years to add on here. You know, but we've got to make sure it's in the right timing. It's in God's timing. It's in God's plan. Because what we don't need to do is go out and do everything on our own timing and then it not work. And then we wonder why we don't have money to keep the lights on. Well, because we spent, you know, $500,000 on an addition we couldn't afford. So, I mean, I mean it's, it's, we've got to have common sense about things. We've got to make sure it's in God's timing, and He will. But the problem we got is 
we want to see something in a certain time frame. And if we don't see it in this time frame, then God's not in it. Again, Jesus left a place that didn't work on time frames to come down here for a 24-hour day. God doesn't work on 24 hours a day, seven days a week. He don't work on that. It's eternity up there. It's daylight all the time. God's glory is just shining in heaven all the time. There's no night time. They don't lay up there and go to sleep. They don't get tired. They don't have bodies like this. Their body, they, don't, they don't have them to where they get tired. It's just glorifying God and praising Him all the time. That's why He could say a thousand years is a day and a day is like a thousand years. Because it's, it's different. It's different. So quit basing what God's doing or not doing on your life because it doesn't fit in your certain time frame. Because He wants to do and He will do, we've got to get on His plan. So many times we want God to get on our plan. We want God to fit us. Does that make sense? We want God to, hey, if you'll come down here and do this for me, then I'll do this for you. Nothing about that's in the Word of God. We've got to fit in God's plan and what God has for us and get ourselves out of the way. So nothing can be done with selfish ambition. And, and, and so, you know, we could look around and... And it's been asked here before, how do, we, how do we add people to the church? Well, if we get into that, we're saying, well, why don't we're adding them to the body of Christ. Wanting them to come to church here, we'd love for that so we could help them grow. But the main purpose is adding to the body of Christ, not to Victor Fellowship numbers. And we get into that, and then we're getting more of a selfish ambition, a selfish purpose. And we're putting Victor Fellowship above the needs of others. We say, Victory Fellowship is a church. Yeah, but we, we, if we, we don't watch it. We'll, we'll get that all mixed up. And, and we want to add to the kingdom of God is what we want to add to. And, and then that, people will find a place where they can come and be helped and, and, and people serve them and they can be built up spiritually just as you have. Just as you have. Just as, and, and so, you know, we could, sure, we could add more programs. I don't think we need more programs. You know, we've talked about this before. You know, a lot of there's there's people out there with young young children, and it's sure we can. We, there, there's areas that we can work in in the programs that we have to make them better and adjustable for people. Does that make sense? But if we're all about programs, we can be programmed out, and we can have programs for everything. But then, are you going to run them? Are you going to run the program that you want to run? Are you going to teach it? Are you going to study? So you see what I'm saying? With programs comes other responsibilities along with those programs. And there's nothing wrong with having different programs. But if we're all about programs and we're not about what's being taught in that program, because there's churches out there now that are filled up and the kids love it. But you ask them, why do they love it? Well, they, I like the music. It's fun. It's fun. And I believe church can be fun. Don't get me wrong. But if we're all about fun, and you ask them what they know about the Word of God, or where this is in the Bible, or what's going on in their life, eh, you know, you know we, we sing, we, we, have, we have other things going on. We get to go here and there and everywhere. And so parents nowadays, and they've done it for a lot of times, will allow their children to be the spiritual leaders in their household determining where they go to church. Whether they're being taught any truth of the Word of God or not, it doesn't matter. The kids are having a good time. In other words, it's a babysitting program for the kids so the parents don't have to deal with them at home for as long. 
Am I wrong? All right. Well, we don't do that here as much. I believe we have fun here, but I believe the Word of God is preached and taught in every class that we have here. And it's going to be fun. You know what fun is? Fun is serving God no matter what. Fun is a relative term. All right, this is fun, right? This is the most fun that I can have on, on any day of the week. But what else is fun to me? I like football. I like fishing. I like hunting. That can be fun too, but it's a different fun. And so, so we've got, we got to keep things here in, our, in perspective. So there's no time to slow down, no time to quit during the hard times. And like, like Daddy said earlier, there's been hard times here. And, and most of you have heard him talk about there was a Wednesday, was it Wednesday night or Sunday night. He left here and went back home and sat down. <laughs> and said, I'm done. I'm done. Most of you wasn't here during that time. I said, I don't want to do this anymore. But guess what? He come back doing it. Why? Because mom and daddy were like this verse we just read. They put the interest of others above themselves. I watched them do it for years and years. Put everybody else's interest even above us children at times. And we never questioned it. We never, why are they helping everybody else and not me? No, we had, we had, there was one time we had a guy living in a tent out back. Living in a tent, come in and eat supper, go back out and live in the tent, sleep out in the tent every night. Why? Because they would help everybody that come through. They put others' interest above their self. That's a servant's heart. That's what God calls each of us to do. It's not just a pastor. Sure, pastors have it. But, but not every pastor would do that. When they got three young children in the house, would let a man they didn't even know from Adam's house cat sleep out back. And didn't, we didn't lock our doors at night. He could have come in any time he wanted to. So, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's just a testament to show how faithful they were through the hard times. And you are a product of their faithfulness. And I'm not building David and Larita Carroll up and, you know, to a high point at Victory Fellowship Church, but it wasn't for them obeying God. This wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't be here today. You wouldn't be here today. And so with them being faithful shows that you can be faithful and shows how you can live the life that God's called you to live through the hard times, through the easy times, through the difficult whatever's going on in your life, through kids disobeying, through, through marriages doing whatever, through whatever's going on, you can still be faithful. You can, but you've got to work at it. It's a maturing process that does not come easy. And, and so it can still be done. They obeyed God through the hard times. They didn't quit whenever the funds didn't seem to be there to keep the lights on. You know what happened whenever the funds and the tithes and offerings in the church wasn't where it's supposed to be? They did without at their house. They wasn't working jobs making $40 an hour apiece. Never. I remember, Daddy, you made what, B and K, what, 20-something dollars an hour one time? Maybe. And that was the highest he's ever been paid in his life. On a regular job. And so, you know, sure, I'm blessed to have a job to where I make good money. 
And so I'm blessed. The church is blessed to keep supporting them because we felt like when they retired, they should steal the church and help support them. But why? Because without them, this wouldn't be here. Without them being faithful, this wouldn't be here. So we still do that. And we're still going to continue to do that. So your money's not going to me so I can have something else in my checking account. I didn't want it enough anyway. Why? Because if the more money I take from here, the more taxes i got to pay. Let's put it that way. All right? And I hate paying taxes. We all do. So, so they were faithful. And so they're, they're seeing now, they get to sit back in a different role. And sure, they still do a lot around here. Mama, we know, fills up that candy dish. If you all get diabetes, it's her fault, okay? Now, it's your fault because you go over and get the candy. But I know. There's chocolates galore. Yeah, there's, there's, enough, there's enough sugar over there. We would all just be wired up come church time. All of it. She does a sign out there. Daddy helps with the yard and whatever else needs to be done over here still. But they get to sit back now and, and see the harvest that, that they have planted, right? They get to sit back and see a different view than they've ever seen before. I'm a product, just as you are, of their faithfulness. And, and so with Hallie as a product of the, not only their faithfulness, but me and Gabby being faithful. Sure, they saw times in our life where we wasn't where we needed to be. But they can look back now and say, hey, mom and dad stayed in it. We stayed in it. And we, we're doing that because we can look at them as an example. And you can look at them as an example. So, so they're getting to see and your product of what they had planted here 36 years ago. So you're here not only to fill a pew. You're here, like Daddy said earlier, for a purpose. And, and so I can say, since y'all have been just wonderful, wonderful people over the past couple of years, I have not had any thought about quitting. Have I thought and prayed, God, are you sure you want me in this position? And I think to myself, oh, wretched man that I am, just as David did. Like, I'm not good enough to be here. And we're not good enough to be here, but through Jesus, we're good enough to be here. Through Jesus, we're good enough to be in His presence all the time. And, and so, it's not been hard. There's not been those hard times. Sure, there's been some decisions that need to be made, but it's not... I've, and I pray that it never happens. But I know that we deal with people. And just as we prayed this morning, we know people have problems in their life. So my job as pastor is to pray with you and help you through the problems in your life. Mom and dad still being pastors still have that calling to help people in their life. You being a child of God have a calling to help people through problems in their life. To pray for people to talk with people, to encourage people, just as Paul did here when he was writing to them. So, this should encourage us, they should, to be an example in our own life, not to give up, not, not to quit when our marriage is on the rocks, when the family seems to be falling apart, when, when we, we keep praying and we keep seeking job, when your job's not all that it should be. You ever think that? Oh, I hate this job. I hate this job. Instead of looking for the blessing that, and thanking God for the blessing for Him giving you that job and providing you with that job, we grumble about it all the time and wonder why we're not getting blessed. Well, if we'd shut up for a little while and thank God 
for His blessings, no matter how, whatever form they come in, then, then we can start seeing blessings in our life. So if you've been here over the past 36 years, whenever under David Carroll, whenever he was leadership here, a senior pastor, whatever you want to call it, you say this. And y'all don't have to say this with me, but it'll jog your memory when I say it. Because we look at the situation on the outside, and that's all we see. But I can remember him for my 44 years say this. I'm not moved by what I feel or see. Right? I'm moved by the Word of God. And the Word of God says that my God meets and supplies all of my needs according to His riches and glory. The Word of God says that I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. His Word says I'm blessed coming in and I'm blessed going out, right? His Word says I'm the above only, above only and not beneath. When Jesus says you're above only, when God says that about you, He's not putting you here and there's something else here above you. No, He said you're above only and not beneath. That means you're above all of your problems and not beneath them. You're above all of your circumstances and not beneath them. He says that you are the head and not the tail. So God's Word is true and real for us each day. Is it, does that sound familiar to anybody if you've been here any time over the past 36 years? Heard it a lot. Heard it a lot. And we're going to keep saying it. Why? Because it's true. It's true. It's true in our lives. And so let's read on right here. I got, and then we'll, then we'll be done. Philippians chapter 3. Turn over to chapter 3. Read a few verses here, starting at verse 7. Paul's talking. He said, but before this, he's talking about how where he was from, the seed of Benjamin, and, and all these things that he was in his life, you know, the credentials that he had. He put out his resume here. He said, but what these things were gained to me, but what things were gained to me, I, I have counted loss for Christ. Why? Because none of that stuff is going to get him to heaven. None of these accolades in our life is going to get him to heaven. The only thing that's going to get us to heaven is believing in the name of Jesus Christ and, and surrendering to him in our life. He said, yet I, I indeed I also count all these things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them rubbish that I may gain Christ. So all these other things are garbage. All these temporary things in our life that we think we got to have now, we got to do this, and we got to have them here and now are garbage compared to what we have in Christ. And for what our goal is is to be in heaven with Him. And be found to Him not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which God is from, which is from God by faith. I love this in Philippians 3.10 that I may know Him. That I may know Him. We sung about it this morning, about the power of knowing Him and His resurrection and, and, and what He's done for us in our life. That I may know Him. That know Him is like you knowing your spouse. Because that's an intimate relationship with Jesus. That He can say that I know Him. If I didn't talk to Gabby on a daily basis, even though we've been together 24 years, it's... Mm, there's too many Christians out there that have been a Christian for years and years but don't know God. Why? Because they never talk to Him. They never spend time with Him. And that's what this is talking about here. That's a daily spending time getting to know God on a personal level in our life. 
you have that ability in your life. It's not just me. I don't get to say, I know God more than you because I, I stand up here and preach. God, God speaks to you just like He does me if you allow Him to. And the Word of God speaks to us all the time if we allow it to. That I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings being conformed to His death. If by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Verse 12, not that I have already attained. We haven't attained. Sure, we've, like I said, we've done a lot of good work here in 36 years. But I believe the next 36 years can be a lot, a lot more work to further the kingdom of God. Or I'm already perfected, but I press on. I press on. Paul had no quit about him. He had no stop about him, even though he was in chains and prison and bound. He didn't stop. He said, I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has already laid hold of me. He says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind, reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward. Again, he says, I press toward. I press on. I keep pressing. I keep moving through the problems, through the circumstances, through the pain, through the questions, through whatever it is in life. I keep moving and I don't stop. Why? Why could he say that? He's in jail. He's been persecuted for what he believes. Nobody in here that I see this morning is in jail or being persecuted for what you believe. So what's keeping you from pressing in and pressing on with Jesus this morning? What's keeping you? If Paul can do it in this situation, you say, oh, Paul was a mighty man of God. He was. But he's no more, he had no more chance and no more ability to be a mighty man of God unless he pressed in and had a relationship with him than you do. The same Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit was with him that's with us. The same Jesus that was him is with us. So what's keeping you from pressing on and pressing toward the mark of the price of Christ Jesus? He says, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upper call of God in Christ Jesus. What's keeping you from pressing on this morning? What's keeping you from, from being where you need to be with God today? Why are we holding on to things in our life that we shouldn't hold on to? Why do we keep doing those things? Why? Because we're not in here daily. We don't know Him as we need to. And you say, why? I just, and like a guy told me the other day, I just don't feel like I can get back in that relationship with Him. Yes, you can. It's a prayer of repentance and turning and going away from that area in your life. Prayer and asking God to forgive me. You say, well, I'll do that later. I'm having too much fun right now. Well, guess what, folks? Living in sin ends in death and hell and eternity away from Jesus is no more fun anymore. Having a hangover after being drunk all weekend is not fun, and we all, there's a lot of us that know that. There's no fun about that. Sure, sin's fun while it's going on, but sin, a season of it, and then we're done. We should be done. The problem is more people, their season lasts for years and years, and they don't get out of that season in their life. Sure, this past 36 years has been sacrificed. You serving God is going to be sacrificed in your life. There's going to be things you don't need to do and things you need to change in your life to serve God as you need to. I'm still working on that every day. God, show me what I need to change in my life. I want to serve you, you know, with full submittance in my life. I want to serve Him. But I can't do it if I'm not in His Word. 
I'm not going to do it if I'm not in His Word. I'm not going to do it when I'm asking my own selfish ambitions and not putting His service above, above what I want to do. I'm not going to do it. So the question this morning is, where are you going to be? Where are you at this morning to where you say, I'm tired of running. I'm tired of playing games with God in my life. I'm tired of, of, of letting these things control me mentally, emotionally, physically in my life to where I cannot see God work and move like I need to. Press on. What's keeping you from pressing on this morning? That's why we're here to let it go. Lay those things down is what they call when they built the altar. They prayed at that altar, right? They laid those things at that altar. And you can be right there. You can be right here. We can pray together. You can pray by yourself. But don't leave today holding on to the things that's keeping you from pressing in and pressing on. Amen? Amen. Y'all stand this morning. Go ahead, Cole.